Well, be like, be um, like, what? Mike's wall show is taking off. What's going on? Yeah, you know, if it was just against the the parenting show, maybe. Uh, but uh, <laughs> challenge issue. You are now listening to Good, Bad, or Bullshit. Hello and welcome. To the Good, Bad, or Bullshit Podcast. Three guys, random topics, unlimited opinion. The place where conversation is the foundation of higher thought. My name is Bo Schwartz, and joining me today, as always, Michael Hodgins. Hello. Hello, Bo. How are and you today? This good, evening? thank you. It's really good to have you here. It's good to see thank you guys you. again. It's, it's been a few be weeks. Good to see you. We also have Crofton Steers. <laughs> anyway, hey. uh, yeah. Hi. Uh, so, <laughs> welcome to the show. That's uh, the great, wonderful Michael Hodgins. The Crofton's here too. And um, we're going to pick a random topic today and try to have a reasoned and thoughtful debate about whether that thing is, you know, a good thing, if it's a bad thing, or or somewhere in the middle, it's just kind of BS. Bullshit. You know, it's just, yeah, it's a thing, but, you know, it's not really that good, but it's not really that bad either. It's just stupid. Uh, yeah. So, boys, it's been a few weeks. I just got back from BlizzCon. Uh, I just, no, sorry. Just. I didn't just get back, but since the last episode, I am back from BlizzCon. Uh, so, this place, the weather in Canada sucks it's like minus no, no it doesn't it's like you just freezing outside and it's so horrible going to a place at the start of winter where it's really nice and then coming back to this shit i take i take offense to that i like winter and you can take that plus 30 weather it drives me nuts sweating all the time everyone's sweaty in i'm so cold my skin is itching everywhere no, I think 30, 30 is a nice degree. Celsius, hot. obviously. Oh, no, it's not too hot. 20 you, degrees is nice. No, forget Look, that. Look, I live in the right country, clearly, for my constitution, and you guys should move south. So the thing is, is that it's like, it's De- December 21st, the first day of winter, and uh, we got pretty much doused full of snow in mid-November. So that adds like more than a month to winter i have nothing against winter it's just that now it's exceedingly long so i think it's better because we were talking on this very show you and i crofton particularly that november is the crappiest month it's true that is true and the reason it's the crappiest because it's usually it's usually like five degrees with cold rain and mud everywhere and that sucks but now it's it looks like beautiful. There's snow coating everything. My backyard, the 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 community hockey rink. There was kids playing hockey on it today, earliest ever. And I was like, this is lovely. Everything's coated with snow. It's beautiful. I'll I'll take it because because it, it skipped over that mucky mud. It's true. Crap. It skipped over the shit November. But the thing is, if now we go like all the way to say mid April, I mean that's like. That's a long haul. Yeah. Like I doubt it will though. I bet you. I bet you because of this, you'll see. Like end of March, it'll be like ten degrees. It's gonna warm up. Hey, did you see Trump's tweets? Did you guys see that? No. <laughs> I feel uh, like 
about no, global warming. I avoid Trump's tweets. They're just, they're okay, like, just did it got cold somewhere? So global warming. Yeah, on, that's hundred percent it. He it's, said something it's the stupid. Coldest Thanksgiving, like in American history or something like that. And so he just tweeted, you know, he just tweeted like, "Whatever happened to all that global warming or something like that?" <laughs> it's an uh, idiot. <laughs> I know he's such an idiot, but it's he really needs to get some glasses, improve his IQ. Yeah. Oh yeah. No. Or a tiara yeah. to improve his overall looks and self worth. Yeah, I bet you he would wear a crown if it was acceptable. <laughs> so, so uh, at his uh, last interview he did on Fox News, they asked him um, straight up, like, you know, if your second term was going really great and you thought to yourself, man, is there, uh, there's, if I'm no longer president, the U.S. is going to fall to hell in a handbasket. Would you think about amending the Constitution so you could run a third time? Uh, and I was like, oh, God. This that is was open- the question? Okay. Yeah. They, this is opening the door. But to, to his credit, and I rarely say this about Trump, he did not take that bait and be like, oh, yeah, I'll consider it when I get there or whatever. He was like, oh, no, won't do that. I mean, he's also gonna be very old like who wants an 80 year old running your country like my dad's the same age as trump and i went to dinner with him the other day and i'll tell oh, you boy. he could barely he can barely run his own life you know he's just becoming that like old kind of flustered old man and i feel like that's what kind of what trump is i just feel like that's not the age those are your golden years he should be he should be enjoying his golf courses instead of like ruining you know the free world Fair. That's fair enough. I, I definitely. Uh, I sometimes forget how old he is, and then old. Like, oh. Well, you just have to look at him, uh, <laughs> and then you can tell that he's very old. I, I guess I need glasses. <laughs> the the um uh which the one the press conference he gave where he told um the guy from CNN to yeah, get Jim Acosta. You know, yeah, like I watched a clip of that. He looked particularly terrible in that because he'd spent clearly too long in his tanning bed so he had he always has these like white his eyes look white because he wears the little like things that protects your eyes from the tanning bed and the rest of them look like red and orangey wrinkled and he just looked so bad with his like white i was like oh man he's just an, an old man trying to keep his youth and Maybe I should get a angry bed. i don't think so again see look at Trump, and then and then you'll rethink then. But I forgot he was old. Maybe it's the tanning. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's the childlike behavior. I think well, we're talking about politics uh, too much. BlizzCon was same. great, guys. Thanks for asking. I had a good time. <laughs> but, uh, we already know how BlizzCon <laughs> we, went. We talked to you about this it. Is, it's time for a random topic, so let's get going before we spend the whole episode <laughs> talking about Both Trump. <laughs> Go ahead, Mike. Was it verdict time? Oh, did I push verdict time? I'll say good. I'm going to say intro was good. Trump is bad. Yeah, Trump's bad. Bo's Bo's experience at BlizzCon was bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) Now we're all caught up. Mobile, <laughs> Mobile Diablo. <laughs> Swipe left for loot. The um, the topic today <clears throat> is chain restaurants. 
I feel oh. like we've almost done this before. We've done Americanized I mean, at, food cuisine. Yeah, which is different. Which is different. international I mean, cuisine. At this point, there's going to be so many topics. We're going to pull them out and we're going to say, "I feel like we did this one before," because we're working off variants now. Like, uh, you're not going to get a toilet paper every day. Although, after a chain restaurant, you might need some. Am I right? <laughs> oh, well played. Um, <laughs> depends what chain restaurant, I guess, you know. Uh, yeah, true. Um, I, like, I, I'll be honest. I kind of like the peace of mind that a chain restaurant provides. Because if it's reached the point of being a franchise, then you know that it has had some level of success. And I'll just, the example that that I think everybody, like, as soon as you think of a franchise, like, if I ask you guys, name a chain restaurant right now, off the top of your head, what is the first one you're going to think of? Mike? Well, it's obviously McDonald's. Yes, Bo, is it McDonald's? It was McDonald's. Yeah, Yeah, it was McDonald's for me, too. And here's the thing about McDonald's, is that I used to, as a kid, I was weird in that I wasn't big into McDonald's. I wanted, I was into Harvey's. There was like a Harvey's next to the McDonald's. And I don't know why I didn't like the McDonald's burger. Or I didn't. I wasn't into it. But as an adult, like with who has kids, I'm like, man, McDonald's has got it going on with the Happy Meal and all that sort of stuff. And you go in and they get you your food goddamn really fast. And then you're out and a drive-in and all, all that stuff. Sometimes I'm, there's a complete play structure inside the building. Inside the building. Yeah, no, I... <laughs> I so I've, I've sort of turned around on McDonald's. However, like, if we're talking about, you know, those big franchises, like, the one thing that depresses me about McDonald's, and I th- maybe they're moving towards it, is like, I'm not sure if you've ever looked at the garbages around McDonald's or just, like, friggin' overflowing with junk, and there's, like, no recycling option for anything like well, well, I've worked they're, at McDonald's, so if you want details oh I yeah to you. i forget we're with a mcdonald's, McDonald's alumnus tell us tell us the i went to details. hamburger university which is a real place i didn't actually go to actual hamburger university but you can be sent to hamburger university for corporate training 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 so how how were you paid at mcdonald's as an employee <laughs> poorly well, it was minimum wage, which at the time was like $5. Holy shit. And I it was deposited into my bank account. I'm pretty sure direct deposit existed at that time. Hmm. So. $5 an hour? Five whopping bucks. And no tipping. Like, you couldn't get tips or no, anything like God. that. This was, um, this was just, I entered the workforce, you know, I think it was maybe 18 just when Starbucks was had been like a thing for like six months in Canada, like in Ottawa, like everyone was like, "Oh my god, Starbucks!" Or maybe a year, two years. I guess Starbucks had been around for a little bit, but the prestige around Starbucks was thick in the air at that time. It was in the nineties, the boom nineties, you know, when Starbucks was hot and the Wu Tang Clan dominated the charts. And there I was <laughs> in the McDonald's, trying to figure out my life. When would that would that would have been ninety what eight for you? 97, 98. I would have yeah. to high school. Yeah, yeah. I'd be 98 because I spent a year yeah. smoking weed before working. So did you eat McDonald's? Did you eat a Big Mac every day? There was a period of time. Yes. So you got 50% discount. So what, the way you do it is... That's you know, it? They don't even give you the cheap food for free? Well, 50% uh, is not No, no, bad. but there's ways of making it cheap. So what you would what you do is you take a cheeseburger, which was like a buck, so 50 cents. You'd order four of them for two bucks. Did 
And then, because, you know, you kind of go behind the kitchen, you put the Big Mac sauce on it, you put whatever you wanted on your cheeseburgers, a Big Mac is basically just a fancy bun cheeseburger. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, I've made the stuff. It's, <laughs> it's, it's like still $2 for like a cheeseburger, and it's like $7 for a Big Mac, and it's basically the same thing. There's literally websites devoted to McDonald's hacks at... You know, like, you know, yeah. Ikea hacks. I'm not sure if you've ever seen these. <laughs> it's like you go on and it's like, look, you order two double cheeseburgers, but then you put them, you know, like yeah. into one and then you do this and that and whatever. Yeah, yeah. So, like, so, I mean, I'd only spend $2, which is a lot out of my $5 an hour. <laughs> but regardless, it was, you know, a hack, as, as Crofton said. And that, uh, the thing helps. about franchise restaurants is is – and, like, McDonald's is the, you know, the – it's hard to talk about this topic with – out immediately jumping to the super chains, right? Because like there's the in in Starbucks, whatever, it's got a restaurant component to it. But like any of those, uh Burger King, Pizza Hut, KFC, Wendy's, whatever. Um, but then there's like especially I find in our area, so we live in a, a million person city, there's a lot of these sub chain uh, like not submarine sandwiches, but like small chains of, of like three location restaurants, right? Like where it's like they've been successful enough to, to have another one and then another one. And then they're known as like maybe an Ottawa establishment and maybe they go outside of Ottawa um, now and again. And so the thing I like about those restaurants generally is, is if they, can warrant having another one, then they generally have hit some sort of sweet spot in terms of uh, the food and the price and, and, and what they're providing. Um, and uh, the the one thing about that, it, it, it takes away sort of concerns that you might have walking in the door. You may know right off what you, what you're going to, what you're going to order. You got to spend less time fid- fiddling around, you know, the structure. I'm not sure if you guys have been like, I went into a Mr. Sub the other day. Uh, now, Mr. Sub is like I think a Canadian, That's pretty Canadian Subway that predated Subway, I think, but still is around. But here's the deal: it's like I I can order a sub in Subway, like you know, no problem. I go in and I'm like, I know what my sub is, I know what my meats are, I know where the veggie layout is, all the same. I'm like this, 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 this. Yes, toasted Swiss cheese. Uh, blah blah blah, mayo, all that sort of stuff. Boom, I've got it down. I go into Mr. Sub, I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm like looking, and they're expecting like there's a lot of decision points in, in a sub place, you know, you've got to make a lot of choices. And they're looking at me, and I'm looking at the menu, and I'm asking like questions about translating it to subway terms, you know, like, uh, so, uh, what is uh, t- do you guys have like a a steak and cheese type equivalent or whatever. And so it is that that comfort food literally that comes with a chain restaurant, I think is an appealing is an appealing thing about it. Well so so what about and not that we said, you know, too too much of, of value on it, but we did spend some time on the chain restaurants that come to mind, like McDonald's Subway, the fast food joints. But chain restaurants do extend a little farther out. Uh, I would say like Red Lobster, which or <laughs> you know, which is everywhere. You can go to Red Lobster or Olive Garden or no, I see um, what you're getting at. And Jack Astors, and even, I think, are like everywhere or something. Like what was that last one? Jack Astors. 
Yeah, Jack Astors is one, and then I was gonna say Milestones. Denny's? I don't know if that ex- it's Canadian for sure. I don't know. Yeah, but Milestones is definitely like uh, franchises for sale. Put one in your city. Just- yeah, it is, but it's sort of like it aims to be like fancy style uh, chain. Like it's clearly a franchise. You know, it's a chain restaurant, restaurant, and it's a it's chain. Like- so you could go. I could go to. LA and maybe I don't know if I find a milestones, but I like the Red Lobster. I go to LA and be like, let's go to a Red Lobster and expect consistency in the way that Crofton just described. Man, you know what I like about Red Lobster? When you go to Red Lobster, they they give you those like, yeah, popcorn strips good, Uh, but they give you these like buns that are like I don't know, they got some kind of like buttery, salty stuff on it, and they're bloody good. And they and they just keep giving you those things. You like give me more. Eastside Mario's is one that I've frequented quite a bit over the years. Yeah, it gives you the free bread too. But I mean, the states are huge eh, on on the chain restaurants. Like they're like you go road trip family diner. Uh, Applebee's, um, Denny's. Denny's. Don't forget Denny's, and, man. And I, IHOP's for, a big one. I went to IHOP when I went to... Uh, International. Yeah, I've been there. What's the other one? Waffle House? Well, IHOP uh, is the International House of Pancakes, I think. No, but there's another one, too, that's also... Yeah, I know what IHOP is. But I think it's called... I think there's one called, like, Waffle see, House. See, I kind of... Well, Monica's in our chat room right now. Uh, and just for our audio listeners wanting to know who that that is. She's, a, she's someone we know, a moderating community, frequent live viewer. And I want to ask her, is Roscoe's a chain? So I went to an amazing Waffle House in Anaheim. This place called Roscoe's Waffle and Chicken. And basically, Chicken and Waffles, yeah, it's every, a chain. Every, oh, is it? Every yep. um, menu item is some combination of chicken and waffles, basically. <laughs> like, it's, it's, like there is very little else other than chicken. And it's delicious, first of all. But I, I couldn't tell if it was a chain because it felt a little... If it is a chain, that one felt a little bit more like it's opposite, which is, I think, what they're... I don't know if they're always trying to go for it, but you know when you go to a restaurant that is one of a kind, like, what's that place here on um, Dalhousie that we've gone to once or twice, Mike? Um, uh, the Chez Lucien? What's that? Chez... Lucien? That yeah, place Chez Lucien is like a one-of-a-kind restaurant, right? I guess that's not a chain. That's a No, there's no, no other Chez It's a Lucien. family or but some business owner, and it's a it's a cultural spot. It has interesting foods. It also lacks menus and pictures burgers. in it. You know, like... and But they're delicious. It's, it's, it's kind yeah, of delicious they're, the they're experience good. eating in a place <laughs> like that. There's a sense of, like, my experience there is interesting and cultured versus I'm going to Eastside Mario's to eat out. It's like, it doesn't really feel that special in a way that going to kind of a unique cultural place does. Um, I guess, and I, what, what I want to say is Roscoe's to me felt that way, but apparently there's many of them, so. I mean, what, you know, a lot of them are pretty good at, like, decking their places out. It's part of their, like, you know, corporate branding. You go in there and it's all full of kitschy crap. Like, I go to Jack Astor's now, and then you go in there and it's, like, junk all over the walls. It looks like it came from some old, I don't know, diner or something. But it's probably just manufactured to look that way. Like, But, I mean, they they try to make it, um, you know, look like it's a restaurant that someone's put some care into. But it really, it's like, it's just, it's part of their overall, like, business model, you know? And I think, you know, touching on the, you know, going all the way up to, I'm sure there's some of the states too, but you hear like Milestones here, which is one of these, like it's trying to be a fancy restaurant and it's a chain. So they, they, they go all the way from like your your cruddiest fast food mm-hmm. uh, all the way up to, you know, your your quasi fancy place. And really they just mimic an independent restaurant from your local chip stand or as they say in Quebec, 
or cas or cas uh all the way up to <laughs> all the way up to uh you know uh, your your five star uh you know one off restaurant that's like haute cuisine as they also say in Quebec uh, <laughs> but I mean, it just it just mirrors that, right? And I think the main difference, like like I mean, I like me some chain restaurants as much as as much as the next person. Um, uh, when you're on the when I'm on the road, particularly, you know, I, I I'm like I like McDonald's now and then. Usually, if I'm doing a road trip, I'm like McDonald's. I'm like I'm gonna hit McDonald's. I'm gonna eat McDonald's in six months. But if I'm going to Toronto or something, I'm like, oh yeah, hit up a McD's and enjoy the salt. But like you know, all those things are—they're—they're they're essentially just—and this doesn't necessarily bug me, but about them, but a truth about them is that they're—they're they're the the corporate model of food that parallels that other you know independent one, where it's yeah. like if you you know if you run a business successfully, like in the business world, you'd be like you'd start something, and then what do you do? You expand it, and you expand it again, yeah. and you so, want to build so it up until it's a big... On, why would you not build on the formula by just creating right. something completely out of left field, right? You know, and what's what's different yeah. about that, like, I have, there's this there's this restaurant at the end of my street called the Belmont. I live on Belmont Street. It's 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 only there, right? And it's That's like... That's co- these... completely coincidental. It's completely coincidental. Uh, but it's, like, run by these hipsters. It's really good. They have no other restaurant. You know, it's just, like, it's the only one like it. And those people like, oh yeah, could could they like, could could they find that um, you know the formula that makes them a really good restaurant and like open another branch? Like, yeah, maybe if like their greatest desire is business acumen. But it's like if they're people that want to run a restaurant because they love cooking food and changing up their menu every like month, uh, maybe they're like, no, I, I don't care about that. I, I I like running a successful restaurant. I like working in a restaurant, and that's it. So so one of them is like the 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 end the 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 place of the business person which is any chain restaurant and then the independent one is the people who like have a passion for restaurants or and cooking and and what all that comes with that and i think you can well, be happy doing that I or think, inept inept business people too i don't like, know well i mean that's one way to put it but it's also, well it's, in wait i come from wakefield which is a small village and there were tons of people that were passionate about food and good at making food restaurants turned over like you wouldn't believe due to poor mismanagement right it's not good enough to admit that just because you're going to make something really good and tasty you're going to have a successful business there's a lot well there's there's more there's more to say that to it than than just poor mismanagement i mean wakefield with the is a small market it 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 basically counts on people from out of town coming there to eat at the restaurants and there's probably too many restaurants for the size of the the village but I mean, there's all kinds of one-off restaurants. So don't open a restaurant there, you know? Like, yeah, it's, like it's business management. Like, yeah, there, there, a- there is a bit of that. But I mean, if you have the basics things where like open a restaurant, like on a main drag where there's lots of people and make good food, you might do all right. I mean, the, the restaurant business is a notoriously difficult one, uh, which is probably why chains do pretty well because they have a formula. They've kind of like, they've probably taken a lot of the, a lot of the stuff like a lot of the prep food stuff they've probably taken that to a manufacturing component so it all comes in they can buy in bulk keep costs down you know but it's just sort of like if like when both time you go to a restaurant and it like feels like an experience like like i feel like there's something about like the you know like like the kind of like the craftsman you know like you want to buy like say a beautiful chair that's handmade so someone made it in their in their shop it's one of a kind it's made with love you know, th- those restaurants exist where you can tell, like the like the owners, the chef. Uh, you know, they work eighty hours a week. They love what they do. You eat the food; it's delicious. There's no other thing, and that's their passion. 
And that's different than going to a chain restaurant where it's like, it's like, it's a corporate body that decided they had the business plan to open a location here. It's not to say the food's not good. It's just a very different thing about it. It's not to say Ikea is not good, uh, but it doesn't have that same kind of, you know, uh, just like personal touch, which sometimes you want, you know, sometimes when I go to a restaurant, I want that. Sometimes I just want some McDonald's. So but see, like- and that's that's the thing is that balance that between the two, and where I'm getting caught up is I like I look at I eat out a lot, and when I think about eating out, I think about like because I went to years ago I I went on a trip to Paris, and when I was at Paris in France, they have a very few chain restaurants, mm-hmm. um, and uh, it's a lot of like one shot restaurants and boulangeries and stuff like that, uh, as they say in Quebec. And uh, when you go when you go to these these places, um, you, it's expensive. It was really expensive, and I was just like, Jesus, I just want to eat cheap because I'm used to buying, eating out, especially when I'm traveling all the time. And so, like, I eat you know at a food court often um, when I'm going to work and stuff like that. And every once in a while, when I go on a date night with my wife, I want to go up to one sort of a fancier restaurant, and I would prefer generally that that not be a chain but the chain has that like that whole comfort food approach and i think of like mike and i went in 1999 we're backpacking in mexico we're there for months we're going to like we're you know we hadn't even been there that that long and we were just always eating out at these little independent mexican restaurants they had delicious mexican food for dirt cheap honestly and then we end up going down to cancun and it's like vegas of mexico or whatever it's like you know, Domino's Pizza, KFC, uh, a, a McDonald's. And where are we going? Well, we're going to those places, and we went to those places a lot. And uh, I feel like it, I can still taste the Domino's Pizza in Cancun. Uh, it tasted so good. It was so good. It was so good. And then we would, you know, and we would go to um, ice cream in Mexico, obviously, was a little bit different. And, and to get that, like, soft serve from McDonald's, it was like, Oh yeah, we we know what this is, and to a certain extent, like that's the antithesis of travel, right? You go somewhere to experience that culture, not to like be like, oh, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go halfway across the world to eat at McDonald's. But there is something that is super comforting about that, and so it, it comes down to like, like yes, the answer is balance. Like these chain restaurants are really good sometimes, or more of the time, almost for me. And then, but then sometimes you want to go for these like really independent one t- one place, great food. It's an experience type place as well. But if I had to take one of those two completely off the board, and and you told me Crofton, you have a choice. You can either never eat at a chain restaurant again, or never eat at an independent like we own restaurant again. Man, I don't know what I would choose. And honestly, I sort of think I would say like. Well, I'd keep the chain restaurants. You know, that's a, that's a good question. I, I like that that's question. Easy. Can we all answer it? Yeah, yeah. Go yeah, both. It's easy. I I get rid of the chain restaurants. That's easy. Yeah, I also would. Uh, I I see what Crofton means. <laughs> uh, Crofton's like f but, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I I totally would get rid of them uh, as well. But I mean, the the familiarity is 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 a huge factor in those things and the traveling one is a good idea where sometimes when you're like traveling and you're backpacking and it's a while you're everything is constantly not familiar 
and 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 it really feels comforting to go into a place that feels familiar <laughs> and and sometimes you and they bank on that you know that it's easy to order that you feel like you're at home and that's part of how those business models work you go into one of these yeah. places it feels like any other one well and let, let's yeah. let's stop on that for a second because they're exactly your point designed to make you feel comfortable and familiar with the food that's eaten there most of the time that food is not necessarily delivered in the most ethical manner meaning they might be high in sugar content they might be high in salt content they might have size or things of that nature you know free tons of bread are we really meant to eat bottomless things of bread and have all those carbs like shouldn't a couple pieces be enough and so you get to liking and be comfortable with this thing and then when you go to a place that's different and offers you something different that you don't like that also works against it because you're like, oh, I didn't, I had a weird food adventure there and I don't want to have a weird food adventure. I want my high fat, high sugar, high salt intake restaurant alternative because I know what that is and my body craves it now because I'm trained to like it. And I think chain restaurants have that kind of corner cutting inherently built into its business model where you know, you might get something shitty at a, at a at a at a locally owned restaurant. You might, and it's not that it's bad, but it wasn't what you expected. You didn't care for it. Like that hap- That's more likely to happen at a restaurant like that than at a chain restaurant. Which, if you get something you don't like, they're way probably more readily just say, "Oh, you don't like your steak? Okay, we'll make you a different one, or we'll cook it a little more yeah. for you, or or they'll they they can actually afford." To do a lot of things in the name of servicing their customer, that the private restaurants are like, well, we got to make some money. <laughs> like, they, I just they're less likely to, I guess, accommodate in that regard. And I think that trains us in a bad way. Yeah, but it it also like to that point about about them being able to 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 save on costs and to to treat the customer more maybe because of that. Also, like peace of mind a little bit in the chain restaurant. It for me is higher, and I know that that sounds bad, but it's like if, if something happens at Subway and I get E. coli from a sub or something, it's going to be in the news, right? It's going to be like it's going to be all over the place. Like Subway corporates, the corporate level of Subway is going to have to respond. Like there's going to so you, you have a sense that when you go and you eat at one of these places, like, yeah, there might be questions. And McDonald's had this big thing about how our food is made at one point, like a big advertisement campaign, because people were like, you know, we're eating like, I don't know, raccoons at McDonald's and they're pretending they're burgers or whatever. But like bottom line is those raccoons were well cooked and you know, you weren't getting sick. Um, and that's when I walk into like a, a small, a small restaurant, generally like, look, we live in where we live. It's, it's, you're not necessarily taking any risks, but, but I would feel more, it would be more likely that I would get sick at one of those places than I would at a chain restaurant. I don't know if that's right or not, but I have a peace of mind going into the chain. No, I I think that, I think that is true. And I think that uh, in the sense that, again, those big corporate models uh, like have a built in kind of like probably food safety protocol and uh, food might be more likely to have been frozen on the way there, less likely to be contaminated because they have again, streamlined processes to, and the reason they would do this is because they surely been sued multiple times over their long histories for, you know, poisoning someone or whatever. And they tried to sort those things out. I believe that to be true, but I think a good restaurant, 
uh, is not going to be cooking you food. I mean, it like like we said before, but th- th- these whole things span the gamut of like, you know, you can go to like a local one-off chip stand and it can be a really good one or it can be a garbage uh, one, you know. But but like when you get into the higher e- echelons, like, you know, versus things like even like fancy pubs like Jack, a- like Jack Astor's styles and then you get a one-off one, uh, you, know, you know, like, and I would, I would be like Jack Astor's, it's, pre- it's actually pretty good. I, I like it, you know, for, for what it is. But what I'll say about the when you get into the higher end restaurant stuff, when you're like going to a fancy restaurant, what always happens, what's happened to me a lot lately, I've been to a few fairly fancy ones in my, you know, older years. And and it's always, I've been trained by chain restaurants, I think, to to want like, you know, something that's like rich and good, like like a, I don't know, like a like just a really well-made or good burger with like really good fries beside it or something. Because I always think of that. Even when I go to a, a restaurant, that's what I want. And then sometimes I'll go to a fancy restaurant and look at the menu and I'm like, oh, there's nothing on here that's scratching that itch that I want to scratch of like really good fries. And good and there'll be something I'll be like, oh, I guess I'll have the, uh, I don't know, and I'll order something. I don't even know really what it is. And this has happened to me a bit lately. And then I get the thing and I eat it and I'm like, Oh my god, this is amazing, and it's so much better than the thing I thought I wanted. And when you know when, when you go to a really good restaurant, I feel like that's liable to happen, and that's never happened to me at at you no know, at any level of of chain restaurant. I get what I expect, and it delivers that. But a really good restaurant where I think where you have you know a chef who's like that's their passion, cooking is an art to them. You'll get stuff that'll blow you away that you didn't know you would even like and that's part of that experience i think you can't get from chain restaurants because you know i don't want to bo's probably a fine cook but listen he was a cook at 18 out of high school could he cook no he couldn't cook but mcdonald's was like yeah yeah you could cook here you go you can cook oh and be like but cooking at mcdonald's is the loosest loosest yeah, definition that's what they mean you can be that's- the buns guy Oh, I gotta tell you, let's, let's go into detail about the McDonald's operation. Lunchtime rush hour, you, you've got the kitchen. It's like a video game. We know we played Overcooked. It's literally that. So at lunch, the key guy you have in there is the initiator. He's the one that looks at the computer screen and decides what we're gonna make in the next order. So if it's McChicken, he grabs a McChicken box and he opens up the tray of buns. He doesn't make the buns, but he puts the buns in there. He throws on the first bit of condiments. So they're, they're caulking guns, okay, <laughs> with McChicken sauce and Big Mac, and he shoots the caulking gun into the bun, and then he slides it down the tray over to the assembler, who's going to assemble the rest of the set. This, this is what the initiator does, initiates the sandwich creation. Now, the bun, let's, let's go to the buns. You're There's the literally buns a guy whose whole job was to toast buns. There's yeah, a you... toaster. He'd have it's like a video game. Do we need McChicken buns or Big Mac buns or regular buns? Which one's the lowest? Decide. <laughs> and then cook those buns. Don't mix up the buns. You can only do one type of bun at a time, then you put it in a steamer that keeps it keeps it the warm. Next position, meat. One guy all he does hover over these giant grills and cooks little hockey puck burgers. He cooks them up. And when they're done, he, he, he doesn't even cook them and do anything. He puts them on the hot plate, and then he this door closes down on them. And then when it opens up, they're done. And then he takes them off and slides them into another steamer, which the assembler will fetch. He'll fetch the meat from that <laughs> steamer. There's a guy who does chicken, which is the deep fried stuff. And it's, all his job is is to make sure that steaming area is stocked with 
McChickens and chicken nuggets. And any, if there's anything <laughs> else deep fried, it's there. He also might throw the odd thing in the oven, like when they had McPizzas or oh, yeah. wraps. When they That's first did time. wraps, they toasted them in the oven, so we used the oven for the wraps. And then you had maybe a floater who would go and help, you know, if the bun guy was being slow or, or wasn't a good employee, it'd be like, oh, no, here's how you do the buns and fix the bun. You seem to know <laughs> and, a lot about the bun guy. Well, I was, I, buns is the least desirable. So when you're first hired, you're likely to be put on buns. It's also, you can cause the least damage by over toasting the buns. <laughs> it's, and it's crazy because there's like seven lines of 15 people deep and you're just churning out burgers and crap like mad uh yeah Did time go by go by fast when you were working there in a rush was uh like... during the lunch rush yeah oh yeah yeah, yeah. it was like it's just like it's like a video game it's literally like overcooked like <laughs> we need buns we need buns where are the buns we need meat where are the meat it changes quick this big mac cocky gun is empty get me a new uh, fresh thing of big mac yeah, well, at least sauce. at least the counters aren't moving around. Yeah, I was gonna say the same thing. <laughs> at least everything stays in the same. Place. Yeah, there's no teleporters. Uh, there's no floating pieces of equipment. But but you, uh, but you know what? But everything's I, hot and it burns you. <laughs> like uh-huh. it's scalding hot. That's how it's cooked quick. So you you would often, if you weren't careful, which is hard to be careful during the rush, have little burn marks on your hands, and you stank I, of grease. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. I think, like, look, I don't know much about restaurant business, but I'm pretty sure that even in fancy restaurants are not that dissimilar to that in that in that there's a, a head chef who I think is mostly like uh, checking everything to be like, is this good? And then you're on a station like I, I think. But I mean, pro- but probably you went to like chef school. Right. And then you're doing something like you're on steaks or something. So you're just cooking steak and that's all you do. And someone else is doing like whatever soup or you're on a station a salad station or whatever so i think they still do it like that division of labor depending on the size of the restaurant i think really small ones is a bit different yeah um, but they i mean one. if hell's kitchen is anything to go off or any of those other live chef shows i've watched they really do it to order like very very little in a proper restaurant is like frozen you know that's like no no it's not frozen but it's, it's all, still like done there's like, prep I mean, but but it's all the cooking and major transformative work happens Per or, to order like it doesn't yeah, yeah. It, but it does but it, but in bigger ones like you'll hear like you ever watching those shows with, like anthony burdain yeah, who's yeah. like a chef you know you'll in the talk with the chefs and they'll be like oh yeah i was on whatever station uh because in a big fancy restaurant you have to break down the like you have to break down the labor and yeah but i mean but the point is you still have all those people doing that are trained chefs right as opposed to like you know, guys at a high school that hopefully aren't spitting in half well, the burgers. Even if you're going to Eastside Mario's or Jack Astor's or anything like that, yeah, it's not chefs that work true. there. They have a manual and there's a strict yes. guide. Stuff is frozen. That's why, like, a chef will be like, the fact that you even have the audacity to call something like that a restaurant, a five-star chef yeah. would slap you or verbally mouth you out for even suggesting that yeah, the I'm only really kind of good food prepared with love and actually worth value is freshly shopped goods that aren't frozen that are prepared fresh for you and give you value for your money and have a great dining experience and the fact is we've come to accept i mean at home we've come to accept frozen foods and subpar ingredients and preservatives because that's how groceries are now so we're used to it and the groceries we're used to it in a restaurant food but real quality food you know that chicken was killed that morning 
and and the tomatoes were bought fresh off the market off the truck like and 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 to be fair that food does taste better like i'm in perfect agreement it's it, it's, it does. But that's going to that's going to cost you money. It's well, going to it cost costs you a ton the of money, money because and then it's like it's normal. if I want to eat out every day and have people like you're paying for convenience. You're paying for people to make your food and stuff like that. There's a reason I don't bring my lunch to work. It's cuz I don't want to make my lunch in the evening. I'm getting I'm I I'm getting sort of time hopefully uh out of it and I'm getting a, a meal that I quite enjoy at at work. Is it going to be the same as one of those experienced restaurants with like grain fed chicken from Portland? No, probably not. It's not going to be the same. And I, I do really enjoy those experiences. I do. And th- if this was a binary, like I, I pre- pre- uh, presented earlier, like I don't know where I would land. You guys definitely do. Well, because eating, is great for, eating great like for that, you. eating but, like but, that for us is the norm. That's the thing. But, but like, I, the convenience and of and, and the comfort associated to these chain restaurants in various sizes and incarnations is something that I appreciate. Like I don't see a ton. Like we've d- done a lot of talk comparing them to like the perfect, like uh, whole expertly crafted, you know, bistro restaurant, uh, independently managed and all that. But for the most part, it, it's not that binary. It's like, what is the downside of these places? And like I mentioned environmental impact earlier, and I, I think that like well, no, that's going to be a- – But the downside is the high fat and calorie content of the food that they're making and tons of preservatives. Like they're not – it's not good. Even even at a fancier version of these restaurants, they're not, they're not good role models for good food like at all. I would, yeah, I would argue. Uh, yeah, they're just tasty, I mean, and it's like you're right that it's convenient and that it's tasty and that it's affordable. But that's like that's our it's our culture, and we've come to accept it because it's normal. But you know, like I was very fortunate to have a grandmother every time I went over there, bought always bought from the deli, always bought fresh ingredients, always made delicious food. She's passed on, but every time she made something. Arguably, maybe not the healthiest, but it, was, it had a, had a flavor and consistency and quality. And occasionally, my mother does cook this way, but you know, she's part of the society now too. A lot of it now is like, well, I got this frozen thing and I got this thing, and it's never quite the same, you know. And it's a fa- it's a false choice, though. You're, you're it isn't like, a false I choice. Can, no, it is. I can go to the chip wagon and uh, down the street, and it's an independent chip wagon that the guy runs, and that food is shitty for me. Or I can go like a guarantee. There's probably some sort of yeah, well, organic on the fast food or, front, uh, organic uh, chain restaurant as well. Like it, just because it's a chain doesn't mean it's shitty, and just because it's independent doesn't mean that no, it's but good for no, me. but because it is a chain, it does mean it's shitty. But an independent has a chance of being either. A, a chain has always got it, to streamline what it does, and that includes modern practices for food handling. But it's like I, I mean, I I agree with Bo's point on this in the sense that like if you go to you know, and not all some chain restaurants do actually do real cooking. This is true. Like, you know, the, the, their yeah. fries will be potatoes that they chop into French fry shapes and cook them properly, blanch them, and do all the stuff they need to do. Some chain restaurants, I mean, do do that, but a lot of them, you know, it comes in a big frozen at, bag. At the, and LA, dump it in at the LA airport, because um, airports have tons of restaurants, apparently, there was a, uh, a few dinner places called Wolf. It was like the Lunchbox by Wolfgang Puck. Which I take it he's a big chef, right? Yeah, he's like, a celebrity. So chef. I would expect going to his chain eatery that hopefully I didn't try because it, it was very expensive. But 
I would hope that none of that would be frozen. If that's what you mean, then maybe well, they do exist out here, but we just don't have it in Ottawa. <laughs> like it's you know, like they're they're probably like there's certainly there's certainly a possibility that chain restaurants exist that do fresh food. Like I I believe that that is true. I just think that there's reasons why when you buy, uh, you know, pr- uh, like pre-made food at the grocery store say that it has all kinds of ingredients in it that you're like what is this stuff you know uh and and that's because of preserving it enhancing flavor in in, you know with things like msg and i'm not gonna shit on msg it's not it's you know it it does enhance flavor (laughs) that's what it does do you always want it in your food you're and it's often just easier. Like it's these are these are shortcuts, right? Load on the fat, load on the sugar, load on the salt, and they do it well. And then they have binding agents to make texture better uh, to fool to fool your brain and all this stuff. And these are all kind of shortcuts that that make it work and make it affordable and still make it yummy. Uh, but it, there, there's that it's different doing that than than someone who you know goes to the butcher gets a good cut of meat. Uh, seasons it lets it sit makes a marinade from scratch marinates that piece of meat for like two days then cooks it perfectly that's it's different uh and it's better and i agree with crofton in that it's it is a false choice in the sense that you can't always do that uh, I, I just finished watching this show on netflix which i'd recommend to you guys called cooked it's a four-part series it make it'll make you want to cook and it'll make you want to like cook good food uh, also salt acid fat heat is that what it's called on netflix also very good also four-parter uh and and from that one she like it makes me want to cook and, and i've tried to do some like fancy cooking but it's, it takes a lot of time and it's hard <laughs> so like i get what crofton's saying as soon as you want something you know good but you can't always be like you've prepped your meat three days in advance you've done different layers of seasoning you've marinated stuff like i mean you could if you want to pay an exorbitant price to a fancy restaurant who that's what all their business is um but like it's it's hard to do that that kind of cooking it takes a lot of time and you know to take to back this up a bit we've structured a society around that people don't cook much anymore like this is a bad thing we should yeah. be cooking yeah well we've i guess that's more what i'm driving at is we've structured our society to be that way because yeah, uh, let's yeah, face it we all want to be on our phones we want to be watching tv you know we don't want to be like it's time to prepare a delicious meal a wholesome for me and my family i mean i'm the worst at this out of the three of us i don't even have kids and i balk at spending any time cooking but but there there is a sense that you know you are what you eat and that you know i always have a sense that like it would be great if instead of all these distractions and all these other things i'm trying to do with my evenings i just took care of myself and bought wholesome ingredients and made wholesome things for myself that would be a good habit to be into. And and I just feel like, okay, so our modern lives is we don't do that. Then certainly we can pay people for it. But the culture around that there is to is that it's cheaper, more cost effective, more profitable to also do that for the stuff we're eating out in. So it's exceedingly rare both at home and out to get a true wholesome meal. And I think... For I an think affordable price... I, and for an affordable you, price, but okay, yes, for an affordable price. You saw this Wolfgang whatever, and you're like, oh, organic affo- chain restaurant. Oh, too expensive. I'm not going to aff- go there. Right. For an affordable price, you're right. And that I'm saying, well, I can't just say, well, it's just good because it's convenient. I'm saying, like, the whole thing is is probably really bad. Like, the, the, that's our culture. We've made that culture, and we continue to propagate that culture 
if we accept it and spend money, dollar put dollars towards it. Like the whole thing is that like a bunch of restaurants are like, hey, let's try freezing all this shit. Let's try putting um ever you know, putting extra whatever, all the stuff that Mike talked about in order to save money, preserve things, food lasts longer, we throw out less. And if they don't buy it, then we'll go back to what we're doing. But then we buy it. So then they're like, cool, it works. And so everyone's just like, it works. Tastes good. It's fine. But like it's not the it's not the best version of food that we could possibly have, and we all know it. And and I think chain restaurants, because it's the subject we're talking about, bolsters this cultural view that it's okay. And 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 I'm like, I'm a part of it. I'm guilty of sin of eating out of chains and buying bad food. But I'm propagating it. And I can look at that and say, like, I'm not doing a good thing. I'm doing a bad thing. That yeah, would be my I mean, opinion on it. I, you, you guys can you, reflect you, you, on your own actions as you will. I won't. I'll spare well, you. Well, no, you thing, like but. I pretty much I I completely agree with with what you say in a sense that I also like chain restaurants. I go to them often. I I enjoy them. I enjoy a fancy restaurant. I want to try to cook more, and I've been really trying to make a concerted effort to do it. But I also think uh, our society is not, never sort of like prized you know that is a skill we should all have like like i mean it's one of those things we kind of expect to be taught in in the home my mom's a pretty good cook but to be honest like i I was a typical kid i was like i don't want to cook i didn't want to learn that stuff and then when i first went out you know and lived not with my mommy like pizza pops and freaking pogos and crap all the time like but in the oven i didn't really know how to cook and i still don't feel like i do and i'm really trying i'm trying and it's and it's and it's hard but it's kind of one of these things i'm like i wish i had learned this younger but society just makes it like well why do you want to cook for yourself it's hard it takes a long time you don't have time why don't you just go down to the place and buy the thing and it's good and it is remember when Uh, you were telling me i should just eat that drink oh um, remember you were trying to give me life counseling at one point you're like just eat that i want to say febreze but it's not febreze no it was called uh, insure soylent insure oh it's a soylent yeah, you're like, Bo, why do you eat this bad? Just eat Soylent if you're going to treat food. <laughs> just eat Soylent. Well, I wanted to eat Soylent so, sometimes. This is just like a food supplement where you just drink yeah. this goop and it gives you all your nutritional so value. Like you, we're, the topic here is Bo Refresh, chain, chain restaurants. And you guys have gone on to this giant side side topic about like the quality of food. It's not a side topic. topic. It's and, an analysis. It, it, in chain in chain restaurants is one of the elements that contributes to the downfall of food and nutrition in our society. Yes, yes, it is. Yeah. Okay, so it doesn't so sound like a tangent. I, so, hey, whoa, 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 whoa! I'm 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 chiming in here, and my my point, is, I think, uh, aside from disagreeing with the overall sort of that tangent i don't think it's, it's not a tangent are, no it is a tangent it is a tangent we're talking about chain it restaurants not 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 the food supply chain in the world and how 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 preservatives are needed or how how uh, we can't eat vegetables uh in canada in the winter time unless they're grown elsewhere and transported here and blah blah we could go into how the sausage is made i'm gonna i'm gonna say right off though if you guys are hanging your hats on a romantic version of uh the independent restaurant that makes these beautiful netflix savored uh 
you know pieces of meat that have been developed over multiple days i will i will say to you my preference nine times out of ten is for uh crap that is bad for me over that sort of stuff. If I go to a fancy restaurant where they have made this beautiful piece of uh, meat and all this stuff, it's good. It's good. But I would might as well go to uh, Golden Palace, which is an independent Chinese restaurant here, the coats and shit in MSG and have that crap or a deep dish pizza, uh, you know, here that is clearly made with like vegetables that were imported from wherever or like a pizza hut pizza. Like, in the end, I like that stuff more than I like these fancy dishes that I'm getting in the, these restaurants. And, like, you could argue, oh, it's because it's this giant culture that you've been, uh, you know, you've grown up in and you would prefer this kale salad if you knew better and all that. I don't think so. I think I would prefer the crap butter dripped Shit but no, that, but see, look, I want to interject there because you're, you're no, he's giving his opinion, things. though. Uh, so no, no, it's, it's I, you guys are conflating. I know conf- what I was going to say. Well, you're conflating things because like I am on board with you in that what I want when I want a good food, it's probably like rich. Like like you were like you dropped in like a kale food salad. It's bad for me. Right. That's not what we're talking about either. We're talking about chain restaurants and and. And and not healthy eating, uh, just whole like you can eat something like the other day I went to a fancy well not the other day like uh, six months ago or something I went to this fancy restaurant like one off restaurant and I had something called um, uh, a seventy two hour braised short rib and I will tell you this thing was not good for you but I'll tell you it was fucking good <laughs> because oh, I don't doubt it I've had great things at those restaurants too I've also had complete shit things you know right like, it, it can hit or miss and it depends on the restaurant but but that but that that short rib uh it just like you wouldn't get it at a at a at a, at a chain restaurant it was it kind of it blew my mind and it was was it good for me no uh but it was, it was cooked by someone who really knew how to cook uh and it was delicious now I'm not gonna eat that every day and uh but but i just think it's like it's not like you know to say like kale salad uh, right right yeah right i'm doing a bit what you guys are doing on the other direction i'm i'm saying like for me generally if i have to choose something i'm going to choose to eat something sort of crappier for me and it's going to have a lot of these preservatives and this msg and all that sort of shit that's like my preferred choice it's not to have this sort of like naturally prepared food. Not that I wouldn't enjoy some of it from time to time, but it's totally hit or miss for me. So that that is like almost more of a feather in the cap of the, the chain restaurants. I don't think it's crappier food. I just think we have a romanticized ver- view of like other types of food based on these shows like on uh, on netflix or whatever it's like oh the purity and sanctity of cooking as a pro- opposed to what just tastes fucking good yeah, well, you know? well we- keep, keep in mind again it's not cooking because you can buy canned vegetables and you can buy dried foods and that's not good either like good food is food that's prepared from fresh ingredients like that's that's what I'm driving at. Like yeah, I agree like, with that. Yeah, and it's, you know, I think it's hard I, to argue. I that. wouldn't say you're like automatically on this side of, of changing the culture or feuding the culture by using those kinds of products available at a grocery store either, which I know I've used a lot. But canned mushrooms versus live real mushrooms of different flavors, cutting them up and making them from scratch is a, two is worlds apart in terms of food quality for taste. Forget health. And, it is, but and, I mean, and you the know, the chain restaurants do 
use a lot of their equivalents on the canned mushroom side, but they, they have it down to a science where it tastes good. But but I would also say, like again, and in not it's not Crofton's defense, but the defense of his point is that again, and being that these chain restaurants span span the gamut of like McDonald's, which is just like all pre prepared crap, just put in deep fryers and assembled. That's you know that's the same as getting your thing out of the freezer section in the grocery store. It's not good for you. And I and uh, like I said, I've, I've been to Jack Astor's. There's one near me a few times. And I was in there one time and I ordered chicken fingers. Uh, and I'm like chicken fingers. You think of those as like the, uh, you know, the, the crappiest kind of foods. Yeah. It's like made of a mash of chicken bones and innards and like put into a mold or something. But the guy was like, was like, oh yeah, our chicken fingers are really great. We like we make the chickens never frozen. We batter them in house, you know, throw them in the deep fryer. And I was like, hey, I'm like, all right, and they were good chicken fingers. So you know, that farm part- boy incidentally has good chicken fingers. Who does? From the farm boy. That oh, yeah? it's a grocery store around here that. Generally, trades in fresh ingredients. They have a very small frozen section that includes chicken fingers. But they're they're their, their chicken, their, their grain-fed chicken, is delicious. It's really expensive, but worth worth it. Yeah, and it, uh, yeah, and uh, and I mean, and it's just like sometimes, like I mean, I'm with, like, I'm not quite with Crofton in that I will always choose the thing. I'm glad the chain things are there. I use them a lot. They are convenient. I mean, I am peeved that society is structured in such a way that it's it's really hard to do good cooking. You know, I think about that all the time. Like, uh, like I said, I was watching the show Cooked, which I which I'm gonna recommend. And as I was watching, I was like, yeah, this is all fine and good. If I have like three extra hours a day to do like uh, grocery shopping of good ingredients to plan out my meals to do the prep work, but I'm like, I don't. Like, I don't have the time. My wife and I are both working. We're home at five thirty each. Like, food's got to get made, and sometimes it's crappy. Or sometimes you order out to the quickest place around. Uh, and and sometimes that's like Harvey's, you know, or McDonald's equivalent. And sometimes I go to the local Vietnamese place where they're just you know making stuff, and it's probably of questionable quality. The meat there too uh but it's good i go back and forth between all these things you know i but i but i wish there was more time for us you know i do think chain restaurants are, are a symptom of the time that like yeah you don't we don't no one does anything anymore you do the one thing you do that makes money and you pay for everything else you know gone is the era where everyone everyone knew how to grow some food everyone knew how to fix a fucking wagon everyone could cook something you know at the very least someone went and bought some fresh groceries every two or three days and made fresh food because I know I had that. Like I said, with my grandmother, she made when my grandfather was alive. She would cook fresh food every day, or it was left. It was always yeah. fresh food. It was unheard of. Never saw them go out to restaurants ever. Never saw them really eating McDonald's unless I was over. And I'm like, I want to go to McDonald's. I'm a kid. You know, like it was like it's always like soups and stuffed peppers and like just crazy at home preparation. And again. If, some, if one person staying at home, I mean, th- that makes it easier. But even nowadays, I'm sure a lot of stay-at-home uh, husbands or wives don't spend nearly as much effort or take as much pride in the home cooking side of things, right? Like, I just don't think that's that's a popular thing either. Well, I mean, I, I, I agree get... with a lot of what you guys are saying, but it does sound heavily coded in nostalgia and romanticism to me. Well, well it's just a different time. Cause what I was going to say to like, when Bo was talking about that, I was going to say, yeah, my grandmother too. And she didn't work. I mean, she had, she had climate my change grandmother... is like a romanticism. 
But what? I mean, it's just it's it is like like I mean, I agree that like my, my grandmother didn't work. She had a big vegetable garden at her cottage and at her house, and she made fresh food. And it was great because she could spend all this time doing it. You know, if she worked mm. full time, she wouldn't be doing those things. You no, know? I know, but you, you structured your family in such a way, or if both were working, well, you'd have the grandparent live with you and help with the kids and have them make the food. Like there are, there are family arrangements in the world today in places that don't have as many fast food options that structure their family structure knowing that they have to prep it and and crofton's saying it's romanticism dinosaur technology like manual manual transmissions and like <laughs> a time before we cared about climate change like the people who deny climate change it's because they're nostalgic for a time where you could just do shit and not have to worry about any backlash in it but we have to walk back things because we have to be concerned for the environment. And I'm suggesting there's possibly a thread when it comes to food that we have cut corners in the quality of our food. Chain restaurants are a symptom of this. And for our long-term health, this can't be the permanent solution unless we go to food pills where we completely change our diet to strictly meet nutritional needs and we don't have to worry about the food thing quite as much. But we're not or there better yet, yet so upload our brains shit. into the hive mind. We are all eating shit right now. We're eating shitty versions of what we're eating. And we have our excuses why we're doing it, including it's delicious, it's convenient, it's affordable. We have all these great sacred cows. And I say, when you have a sacred cow, that's when you need to perk up the most and listen. And just say, yeah, we're doing it wrong. So that, Anyways, I'm ready for verdicts. I basically just gave my verdict. Yeah, let's do it. All right, can we, uh, Crofton? Do I have your? Uh, yeah, I sure. Go ahead. Order, I say. Order in the court. I'm going first, and I'm the guiltiest of the bunch. I ate like I just got a microwave, and I haven't having a microwave in five years. I've been eating microwave food every day for the past ten days. I feel super unhealthy right now. <laughs> but that's it's you cheap. Are. It's cheap. It's affordable, and it's done in like two minutes. It's super great. I can't believe I haven't been without a microwave for like five years. Um, Did we do microwavable food on this show? I don't think so. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure we did. Maybe, but I didn't have a microwave at the time, and someone just sold me one for like 30 bucks, and I was like, oh, sweet, I'll take it. Um, yeah, that being said, um, chain restaurants do have all the advantages that we talked about, but overall, I think they're a blight on our culture and our society, and I'm going to say they are full-on bad. Whoa. Rare bad from Bo. It's getting the big bad uh, smack on the top of the head. Bad, bad, bad. Holy moly. Uh, I'm done. Grofton, you want to go? You no, go? You, you go next just because I'm looking. See, I, every yeah. once in a while I find there's a full hypocritic thing that happens with one of us. And I'm pretty sure we did frozen food and like foods like uh, Whatever, you know, like convenient foods. And I think it's not food. just that he like We did I'm convenience pre- foods. Yes. And I'm pretty sure he said that we're good. And then now is saying that fa- the chain restaurants of all <laughs> things are bad. So I just I just need to check. Look, this these you go. shows are conversations. You know, your mood changes depending on when we have the conversation. You know, I feel like you have a right to like something one day, no, not if like If he the wants next. to call me out to task, he can, but uh, he's got the, the duration of your verdict to do so. All right. So, chain restaurants. I feel like they have they have a place. 
sometimes they have a very warm place in my heart where I really want something familiar, where I really feel like a McDonald's chicken burger or something that you know is kind of nasty, but you want it anyways. Sometimes I eat a bag of chips. Sometimes I want a super well-cooked food made by a chef in a fancy restaurant that blows my mind. Sometimes I want that. Sometimes I want to cook something myself that I'm pleased with and happy that I made it myself with real ingredients. All these things have a place in the world, you know? Uh, But what I will say is I do think that chain restaurants and that are a symptom of just the way society is going. And if you've ever heard me talk on this show before, you'll know that I don't like a lot of that stuff where it's like, it's just too much about, about breaking that thing, everything down. We don't cook anymore. We just buy it, you know, cause it's, and I, I don't like that. I think I wish there was more, I wish we all had more time to cook or more time to appreciate fine cooking. Um, but chain restaurants are our symptom of the society in which we live in. And I think that that's unfortunately a big pile of bullshit. And that's my verdict for chain restaurants that they're, they're bullshitty. I wish that we all cooked more or that more restaurants were, just owned by people passionate about cooking rather than corporate governance structures, which find the most efficient way to deliver the fat salt ratio, which most stimulates your dopamine receptors. Cause though that might be effective business, it's not good for the soul and good cooking. is good for the soul. Uh, Fucking you bastard. Go ahead. Yeah, and say it's, how my, good it's my turn. And I liked how you ended with that sort of nostalgic romanticism surrounding food because that's sort of what I'm <laughs> rose ra- raging against a little bit here. I, I did check and we did do convenience food. You and I both said it was bullshit at the time and uh, Bo was the one outlier who said it, it was good, which is okay because he talks the talk. He just went over how much microwave crap he's had in the last little while. But now chain restaurants of all things are bad and I've been in queues here of conflating things where on the other side of the coin i i truly feel that mike and Bo have conflated chain restaurants both with fast food as well as uh with um uh with just the entire way that food is organized and delivered in our society i think at it at the core a chain restaurant is a restaurant that was successful enough to have another restaurant and then another one and yes at one point that that can lead to a crazy corporate structure, but that structure is based on the fact that people are enjoying this establishment to one uh, level or another. And for me, I definitely in- enjoy like going to individual restaurants and I have those sort of romantic rose-colored glasses. I don't have nostalgia like these guys do. I didn't have grandparents uh, that were alive to, to, to make these you know, nostalgic grandparent meals. I I had my mom who had three boys and was rushing out the same shake and bake pork or chicken with two potatoes and a green every day. And if we were lucky, we got to go to Pizza Hut every like once a month or something like that. Um, and now I get to eat out a lot more and I enjoy eating out a lot more. And that falls into multiple camps. And, and one of the camps is, is that the event meal and going out to a restaurant where you sit down and you have a big meal um, and it's special and it, and maybe it's prepared with organic soybeans or whatever. Uh, and, and I like, I like that. And I, I really do, but more likely I'm going to be going to a, a restaurant that I know a restaurant that Perhaps sometimes I can get in and out fast. Perhaps sometimes it's just providing something that I really like. Just before this podcast, I had a delicious blizzard from 
Dairy Queen. No one would uh, suggest that that blizzard is in any way good for me, but goddamn wasn't it good uh, uh, in terms of deliciousness. And so for me, it's a balance of both both these things. You go to some restaurants sometimes, you go to some uh, another time, but the fact that chain restaurants exist and provide me that sort of comfort food when I'm on the go or that I can go to these places in other countries that that, that I know and all that, or that I can just get stuff uh, quickly and conveniently, I think that's a positive a positive thing. They were, they were successful. Good for them. There's downsides, obviously, from some of these giant corporations, uh, but not enough that I would venture into bullshit. I think restaurants are good, and I think chain restaurants are good. So, good. Mm, that was a long verdict. The full to be fair, um, not to be fair, but just uh, I did, in fact, now that you brought it up, did say good uh, on the convenience foods bit but i think it was contingent on them working on the science to make that pill to make foods more convenient i just my my point was that you hung your hat on this verdict not on chain restaurants but on the food Mm. the type of food and how society doesn't give us enough Mm. time and all this sort of stuff and that is a hundred percent what the convenient foods discussion was about hugely influential on our culture it's that's where, but also, Crofton, if you caught Bo in a different mood, you would have got, I love chain restaurants. They're the no, best. I think my analysis would have been the same, but I'm not a politician. So if I say something different on Monday from Tuesday, I don't feel bad or that there's anything wrong yeah, with it. Yeah, and you shouldn't. And you shouldn't, life, you shouldn't feel bad. Life, life, life I, I live no. in contradictions. My whole life is a contradiction. Well, everyone's, um, so, everyone's is, and that's... Except no mine, obviously, but yeah, no. And, and maybe, maybe <laughs> the version of myself that said convenience foods are good is the lazy side of me being dominant on that day. And to today, me, the it, socially conscious bow has come out and been like... That's 100% what it yeah. is. You owned it today, too. You said, like, hey, I'm not the best example here, la, 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 la. You owned it before saying, like, you know, I'm aware of this, but it should be different. And you know what? To be honest, like, I agree with what you guys are saying about society in general. I would love to have more time... Uh, you know, to to do everything in life, uh, including cooking, maybe I would enjoy it more. But if I don't have that time, or if I ha- have to choose where to put that time, right now for me, it's it's not. I'm just I don't have an interest in cooking, and so yeah, meh. fair enough. Oh oh wait, what's that? Do you see the guys? Look up. What? You see it? You see the bird? The bird's coming I in. Bought it. Oh, we got a mail in our mailbox. What? That's sweet. That's great. <laughs> all right, let's see. Who's let's this see. from? Let me open it up here. Um, all right, so we got an email from a gentleman named Eric, a.k.a. the Northern Geek. Hmm. And uh, he, hey, says, Eric. he says, hey, guys, I just want to start off by saying that your show has become a staple in my daily commute, and I look forward to listening every day. Every day. Well, I hey. hope you're going through I the back both. catalog because we don't record too frequently. Our track right. record has been pretty spotty this year. Uh, so I, I, I hate the idea that we're making you happy four times a month and then disappointing you on all the other 30, uh, 26 <laughs> days. Uh, regarding the last episode on toilet paper, I think I have to side with Bo. Yeah. I love TP as much as the next guy, but I think it's time to usher in a new era in butthole cleanliness. <laughs> My reasoning is because if you happen to get poop on any part of your body other than your butt, simply wiping it off with TP is not enough. 
It's, he's right it's on true. That. If you get it on your leg or just it's on the butt cheek and you can't find it, so you're like trying to look and you're like ah, oh, and then so you're putting your butt up into the mirror to find. I've been helping mirror. my kid with this a lot lately. She yeah. gets she gets a smear going, and then you you smear it, but it's like there's still particulate on there. You really gotta you know use water. Um, so yeah, yeah. Uh, but until someone comes up with a new groundbreaking cleaning method, this is where the rubber meets the road, and where you guys will be victorious. I prefer to use a baby wipe. After my regular TP routine. That's interesting. So you I do understand a dry, that, but a dry, I, dry, and also and word, though, the, the, the baby wipe should not go in the toilet. It says right on them, it's bad for the sewage system. So that's something we have oh. to figure out. Well, then, Eric, I don't know if you realize this or not, but don't put it in your toilet. Yeah, you're supposed to put it in the garbage because it gives you your. Although, you know what? There's nothing wrong with putting shit in the garbage. It's the garbage. But also trip. to his point about you know it's like he's right like I I don't disagree I don't want to rehash our conversation when the shit comes but the thing is when the shit comes out of your asshole which is like you associate that area of your body with shit so that's why you're, that's why you're not as fussed about it as if it was on your hand because he's right if you get it on your hand like you gotta go you gotta get some soap and water yeah you gotta wash it down. off yeah you know if I, I, I lived like, through a lot of this today so I'm having flashbacks incidentally uh, and thanks to Eric for sending that in I I would think it would be really funny if um if we get emails like every episode but Bo's like mm, no doesn't agree with Bo no doesn't agree no, with no, Bo we've had a uh, it? This... and then he's like oh one that did agree we, with we Bo got, hey we, look guys we got mail we hey got they this, agree with me we got this on the second the Friday I was at BlizzCon and it's now the 23rd and we're finally sitting down to record a show I'm just so, joking. I know, but make, you didn't let me finish. She also says thank you. Thanks to all of us for making such an entertaining show and keep up the great work. And he says, oh, P.S. When I wipe for the first time and it comes back clean, I say that I aced it. <laughs> Crofton was clean drop. A, a clean drop the other day. and it's <laughs> Nothing but I, like, I, I think that that's one of those things that resonates with everyone. It's, it's a little happy moment you yeah, have when you ace a, this is a universal. Ace a, Thing that ties us all together. Well, Thanks, Eric. Appreciate speaking of that. things that tie us together, it's good, bad, or bullshit. You're listening. We're doing it. Good, bad, or bullshit is the hub that we're all connected to. So this is the part of the show where I tell you all about uh, our presence on the internet. Um, if you want to write into us a great email like Eric did, then you can do that by emailing us at goodbadbull at gmail.com. Our show is supported by our wonderful patrons. Uh, what's a patron, you ask? Well, we don't have advertising on the show. We don't have any revenue structure, really, except if you enjoy the show and listen, why don't you give us a little tip? Drop us a buck a month, two bucks a month. Right now, uh, the money that we earn pays to help host the show and put it up. But um, uh, if you think uh, it's value for value, so if you think what we give to you for free every week has some value, then why not give a bit back? You can do that at patreon.com slash goodbadbull. Uh, that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash good bad bull um so if you're listening to the show and don't know where to get it or where to find it goodbadbull.com there there's links to you know like us on all the social medias to subscribe subscribe to us on itunes we're on google play and we're on spotify so you can find us in those spots if you want to subscribe Finally, we like to give out our social media crap. Uh, so I'm at Bo Schwartz. If you want to hit me up directly and tell me uh, just how much of a hypocrite I am, you can do that there. Um, <laughs> Mike, if our listeners want to find out what you're up to on the internet, what should we do now? They can't. I think you can. I think the only That's way it. is to um, 
Maybe uh, we should yeah, kill the yeah. segment. Use now one of you guys as a mule. Maybe we should kill the segment now that Mike doesn't have it. You know, we don't really need to give out our... We you guys want to keep giving Twitter free yeah. promo. Go for it. That way we'll save our listeners some time. Whatever. I know, I know yeah, Crofton not on the internet. To, <laughs> Crofton likes to talk about what he's doing. I want to plug my Twitter. <laughs> Crofton, if our listeners want to find out more what, what you're up to and where they can they get They can follow that. me on Twitter at Crofton Steers. And if they want to hear another sweet podcast with me in it, uh, which they probably do, let's face it, uh, they can go to tgistudios.com slash dad. I do a, a dad podcast. Uh, with a, a fellow there named Ryan Murphy. It's worth a listen. Check it out. It's good. It's high-quality stuff. The other thing that's good about following Croft and Steers is that he posts... You know how um, there's fashion uh, posts, like people who post every day the new outfit? Crofton will post a new picture with a new tiara every day on his Twitter. So follow for that, See, if nothing else. It's great. Little tidbit for the audio listeners. This entire episode, I've been wearing a tiara it's crazy mm-hmm. and you guys didn't even know that and now you're gonna have to re-listen to this whole episode and everything i say is gonna have a different meaning because i'm wearing this tiara it's true but will it though mike's it wearing glasses i'm the only one with good vision that's true i think that's the first time i've seen mike wear glasses the whole time we've done this show as well but it's funny because i've had to wear glasses since i was like 14 <laughs> i just had to stuck with contacts because they were cheaper yeah. Now I'm back on the glasses train. Now, so audio listeners will have to tell us if he sounded smarter this episode when they didn't know he was wearing glasses because oh, they never the seen his Yes, everyone knows glasses yeah. makes you smarter. That's why Crofton's so dumb. They'll have to they'll <laughs> have to re-listen to this episode and be like, "Oh, geez, now that I know he's wearing glasses, he sounds so much smarter." Yeah. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> <laughs> all right then uh, okay. um so that was chain restaurants everyone any last thoughts what's your favorite chain restaurant uh crofton my fa- my favorite chain and this is the thing because i have to like cut off i guess stuff like coffee shops and all that sort of thing right favorite yeah chain, it's not a restaurant if, if it sells no. food and it's a chain your favorite no divvying it up yeah but come on you can't call starbucks a, a restaurant. They sell you sandwiches muffin. and breakfast. No, 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 no. no. My my favorite chain restaurant, like, period. Oh, all right, we'll get back to you, Mike. What's your favorite no, chain wait, restaurant? Yeah. You know, I'm gonna go right now. I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna, I've mentioned it a few times. Name dropped. I hate to give someplace advertising, but it's Jack Astor's. Man, they have this burger that's got like these like skinny onion rings all over it, piled on it, and it's bloody good. It's called like the Holy Smoke Burger. I like it. Yeah. So right now I'm liking that place. So okay. It also when you go in there has a hundred screens playing random something sports, but also random bullshit videos. Which when you have a kid, uh, makes them stare at it so that you could then have a conversation with your significant other, which is quite advantageous. It's so, yeah. tough because some of them are like, you know, they, you know, some are like fast food, like you just walk in, and some are more like jackassers. You sit down longer. It's a, it's more of a, an event place. Some are coffee shops. Some are whatever. Also, Crofton Jackassers has Far Side comics posted all over the walls. Oh, that's a, Come on, that's appealing. Checking their uh, favor. Yeah, because because uh, I would say like depending on because I love ice caps at Tim Hortons, right? So I love Tim Hortons. I actually do as a Canadian. Oh, don't say Tim Hortons. Uh, uh, the show is ending in sixty seconds. You need your answer before it's up. Or it's the end oh of the shit! Uh, okay, favorite. C- come back to him, Bo. You go, Bo. Uh, I my favorite is uh, Starbucks. Is that a question? Really? With yep. a muffin? 
I just like I, like I don't coffee. like the food at Starbucks. Like it's coffee. I, I get that the coffee is like okay. I'm, I'm surprised. I guess. I mean, I just don't want to live without coffee. So if I had to live without any other one, it's got to be a coffee place. Second place would be Bridgehead because their food's actually really good. Um, yeah, it's all right. Yeah. I don't know if I go uh, so far. As so agree, yeah, but... about thirty seconds left. Is, listen, no one's going to hold this. You can change your answer G- later. Gabriel's Pizza, maybe. I do like pizza. Oh, that's a good choice. Yeah, and, it's all right. All right. Well, we played the game. Email <laughs> us and tell us your favorite chain restaurants. <laughs> Crofton regrets his choice immediately, and that's going to be it. Can someone end the show for me? End the it's show. End it. podcast consider supporting the show by becoming one of our valued patrons at patreon.com for as little as the cost of one cup of coffee a month your generous support will help keep the random topic generator oiled and fueled for future generations find out more at patreon.com slash good bad bull